Hey everybody, this is Atkins. Who's going to do it? I was going to let Mark first? go. <laughs> oh, this is Batman Beyond Mark. <laughs> this is Adam. <laughs> I intentionally didn't uh, organize the order this time to see who was just going to step on the other one. You're just it okay, worked out perfectly. You, you just, every episode, you're like, what, what kind of wrench can I throw into these people's <laughs> plans just to see how they react? Not every episode, because then you'd get used to it. Um, but <laughs> occasionally, yes, I, I try to mess with you during introductions, and this was my sneaky way of doing it today. I think there was one introduction where you introduced yourself as me, and I was legitimately like, "What is going on?" <laughs> yeah, and I left the entire That's pause fantastic. in. Yeah, I was like, "Hey, everybody, this is Adam." And there was like three or four seconds of pause. He was <laughs> yeah, because like, I was in... like, "What? Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay." <laughs> well, we hope everybody is having an awesome day. We are here to cover what the last three chapters in uh, what you have referred to them as uh, Tums, the Tum chapters. The last. The last... Three, three in volume that two. are in English. Yeah. yeah. Oh, are there more that have not been translated? There are two more Tonkabons. One that comes out, and I want to say it's March of next year? It's either January or March. And then another one, which a couple days ago just got its cover revealed for the Japanese release. Oh, very cool. So we got more of this stuff coming out then. Yep. Eventually, yeah. Really like the cover for four. Gotcha. Well, before either of those volumes are seeing the market, especially here in the States, we do uh, have a blessing coming uh, in the form of season six, episode one, uh, to our eyeballs in four days as we're recording this. So that's exciting, right? I mean, like, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm super excited. I, I, please be good. Please be good. (laughs) Please don't be season five. Marcus, Marcus, nervous. Apprehensive? Apprehensive. Gotcha. Well, I'm I'm stoked about it uh, for all sorts of reasons. Number one, obviously, uh, anime means that we get back to our standard two episode format. Um, number two, that means that I can continue reading the manga, uh, which I do alongside the anime, um, just so that we can draw some comparisons when they're relevant. Uh, and number three, that means I get to resume listening to Hero Notes pod coverage. Uh, I assume Ooh. that you guys extended pretty far beyond where we're picking up. Oh yeah, it's either. Depending, knowing what's coming up, um, and people, I know there's been a lot of speculation, like, exactly what is this season going to cover? Like, right. just because of when, like, good ending points are narratively, it's either going to be, like, somewhere in the middle of the season, or it's going to be, like, towards the end of the season if they stretch out this arc to an entire season. But that, that's, we'll just have to honestly see. You know what's nice is I I am totally going into this blind. Like I don't think I've seen any trailers. I may have seen one picture, like one teaser of like, hey, this is coming out soon. But you know, I mean, Adkins and I haven't read the manga at all, so I have Bro. like no expectations. Adam. Yes. So last episode, you admitted that you don't listen to our podcast at all. Pretty and much. In this episode, you're telling everybody that you don't follow our Twitter account either. Well, I follow it, but I mean, to be fair, the last time I launched Twitter was probably to follow the podcast, however many episodes ago that was. <laughs> Are you I even just, a fan of the AMP? Not really. I mean, you guys keep forcing <laughs> me to show up. I don't like. <laughs> don't love me in with I this. I'm a guest here. Show. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Adkins is one. I'm, people don't know this, but like, I'm actually in the shed out back at Adkins' house, and I have been for months now. <laughs> that is for for all legal intents and purposes that is that is not true this, this is fact checkers that's not true help me 
<laughs> that's like uh in in the second chapter of these tums i'm secretly giving messages for the last 100 episodes and nobody's listened <laughs> um i did read that this season will be a full two cores um which was a word that i learned in our discord sometime last year <laughs> somebody used that word and i was like the hell is that uh but uh so i'm imagining that it'll be what you know the standard like 24 episodes 26 26 Yep, 26 is the typical Japanese run for a show. So we will, we'll see if if we'll catch a break somewhere in the middle of that, or if it's, you know, consecutive weeks. I imagine that there will probably be a, a break somewhere in there, but could be wrong. They took a there break were... in, they took a one or two breaks in season five, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I think there were like a couple of uh, like three week breaks where instead of it being, or not three week, but two week breaks where there was just a pause in between. It wouldn't surprise me if um there there's like the typical holiday kind of, breaks because I, yeah. I know a lot of times that um i know for some of the not uh at least one of the season maybe it was season four breaks that they had it was like okay we have like two like kind of big japanese holidays in a row where even shonen jump was like yeah we're skipping a week kind of one like one of those weeks um so there's probably going to be that but from the sounds of it it sounds like more or less it's just going to continue it's it's going to just run the whole thing more or less hmm was what I was hearing, but another season wrong. also means more opportunity for filler episodes, and we've run hot and cold on those. Sometimes they're awesome, sometimes they're less so. We'll say. I know the the Oswe, uh one from I think was it season two. That's probably my favorite My Hero Academia filler with Selkie. Uh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because it's canon. Because they they reference it in the actual manga. Yeah. And then we good. just you just didn't see it, and it's like no, this was good. Yeah, I, we were both pretty big on Selkie, if I yeah. recall correctly. Yeah, I remember liking that one uh, better than some of the other filler. I think there was one filler episode that we didn't like at all, and it did involve Selkie, though. Uh, was it the one where they team up? It was like uh, Asui and, and Achako, and I think it, there was like two other characters, and they teamed up with Selkie and the Dragon Lady. And I feel like that episode, oh, yeah. we were like, what is this garbage Ryuki. like? Yeah, Ryuku. Yeah, I think there was a bunch of stuff that happened in that episode that we were just like, what were they thinking? <laughs> yeah, it's like a stolen ship or something, if I recall. Uh, yeah, something strange. It's probably they saw how much everybody really liked that first one. They're like, can we replicate this? And the answer was no. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's Broly second coming all over again. <laughs> right. Yeah. And also Bio Broly. I was about to say, like, eh, second coming had had its ups. Aren't we talking about Bio Broly here? <laughs> You'll have to listen to our coverage on Kyo Cinema because I was pretty cold on both. Um, but definitely second coming is a much better film than Bio Broly. There's no yes. arguments to be made to the contrary. Yeah, and to be fair, like the most recent Dragon Ball movie basically is Bio Broly done right. It's Bio Broly, but we decided to sprinkle in a little bit of uh, Cell. Yeah. I saw a meme today where it was like, Frieza got resurrected two times, and uh, Boo gets reincarnated as Oob, and then there's like Cell sitting by himself all sat in the background, and over his head it just says, I got replaced. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, team, hey, team. Hey, he regenerate. he regenerate. he blew himself up to a single cell and came back and it somehow learned instant transmission. He could 
he had his time. <laughs> the uh, Team Four Star folks have this awesome new series called uh, Hell for Infinite Losers. It's and it, so good. It's so it's good. It's so good. It's Hitler a lot of so fun. Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm way behind on it. it, but I'm I'm definitely aware and have seen several episodes. Just what oh. they're doing with those characters is is beautiful. Like especially with what they've done with Raditz. Like he just is he fits in so well. I love the way they've given him like some <laughs> he's personality. So chill. Yeah, he's so awesome. Chill. It's so like he's just like yeah, I'm here. Let's get through it. <laughs> yup. Which, to be fair, may be how we feel about these team-up missions. I'm not sure yet. I can't gauge the two of you. Speaking of getting through something, uh, (laughs) let's talk about chapters 7, 8, and 9 of team-up missions. Uh, I was chatting with Mark uh, very briefly before we started recording, and I said that I uh, have a secret that made at least two of these chapters somewhat enjoyable. Would you guys like to know what that secret is? Sure. I went into these not expecting anything remotely uh, 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 resembling a team up mission of any kind. That's what I did. Well, that and makes it sense. It, it made at least the first two kind of okay to, to, to read because I wasn't expecting team up missions with pro heroes and like combat and all that stuff. And then I was like, okay, that this that makes at least the first two. All right. I figured your biggest complaint out of all of these would be the fact that Ojiro didn't get teamed up with anybody or not Me? Ojiro, but uh Jiro. Jiro? Yeah. Well, there's future volumes, and to That's be honest, true. if Jiro's name stays out of team-up missions, uh, based on the quality of what we've seen so far, I might actually <laughs> prefer that. That's fair. <laughs> I, I am curious, putting you on the spot, Adkins, who would you want to see Jiro team up with? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I definitely don't want to see her with more 1A students, but there's going to be at least one with where, you know, wherever she goes. Um, I mean, it was fun. We, we, we had talked recently right about um coda and jiro that team up against present mike that was a fun team up like i don't know who you would throw in uh to to enhance that and make it more fun but uh it doesn't have to be uh a a noise oriented uh quirk by any means but i mean like i said it would be fine if jiro was never in a team up mission but we'll see well what do you guys say we jump right into uh chapter seven then all right a chapter. I was gonna say chapter seven starts with a two-page spread that that is just the single best primer for today's podcast. I look at this cover and the words. It, so it, it, just to it oh, describe, it's terrible. Yeah, it's it's team up mission is what it says, and then in each word bubble or like letter are various characters. But like the word mission for some reason is just such an eyesore to me. Every other part of it's kind of okay, I guess. But I hate the U. I hate yeah. the up. Like, I didn't know what it was when I first opened this up. I was like, what is going on here? That's a P. I, I can kind of tell what the rest of this is more or less, um, even with, like, the page break. But then I saw that, and I'm like, is that a U? That doesn't look like a U. That looks like a like a like a boogie board that's that's <laughs> it doesn't, that's it doesn't not look like a, a boogie board yeah <laughs> it's not a letter well and i mean realistically like there's just not enough space in a u to put a character and they were like oh well we don't want to cheat monoma so let's, let's i guess which let's you just... should yeah because that's the best him being violenced and horribly messed with is the best part of of the of, of eight it would have felt like uh like the disney joke with uh mike from monsters inc where he like his his face is always covered up but he doesn't care you know because he just gets to be included i found it kind of annoying that uh, uh that uh the the s in mission is just blank 
Yeah, I didn't like that either. That's like mission. Oh that, my god, it is. That whole word <laughs> is just such an eyesore down there, especially because it throws off the first S. Yeah, I don't know. So much about that. Weird, weird design choice, but it has overlap, which n- none of the other letters have. Yeah. It's just strange. It just is. You have to see it. And uh, But this one does have a title, and it's not just Giant Team-Up Mission. It's Might and Mike's Put Your Hands Up Radio. I, I should say about the two-page spread, the top row is for the is for Chapter 7. The middle is a reference to Chapter eight, 8. And then the bottom row is for Chapter 9. Like, I realize that we didn't touch on that, but it's like, it's such a weird choice. There's definitely the some, like, planning. Number 9? Yeah, uh, oh. except for Kendo. I don't know why Kendo's there. Yeah. But the... Or Midoriya, oh, it... really. Or Tetsu, 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 Tetsu. Like, they're kind of in... Tetsu, 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 Tetsu is in Chapter okay. 8 for sure. I guess it was just Kirishima that I was thinking of for yeah. for 9. Oh. Oh, I take it back. I wish anything, it had a pattern any, that any made nice that much Any nice thing I had sense. for this cover's gone, then. Yeah, I wish it, <laughs> I wish it had a pattern that made that much sense. Well... This one gets started. We're introduced with present Mike and All Might, who are basically uh, just hanging out together. They're going to be airing like a radio show uh, where they accept questions from, it seems like only students, but I would assume that they're probably taking any listeners' questions, uh, and they're going to be answering them. And this is the first time that All Might has been joining present Mike for this episode. And it's pretty cool. Like, in my mind, the concept of just present Mike and All Might having a radio show could be a lot of fun. Yes, like this, like this is because I, I double checked it because I was like, is is it was this the name of his radio show? But the uh, like when we're first introduced to President Mike in the story, in the main story, this is the radio show that's mentioned that he that he has on Friday nights. The put your hands up radio. Yep, um, it's it's apparently a pretty popular uh, program. Um, but him having All Might here, it's like I I think back to like uh oh I can't remember if it was uh uh oh. I'm getting the name of my own podcast mixed up with the light novels name, and that makes school me briefs. sad. Yeah, school briefs. I was like notes something, <laughs> and it was like better name than school briefs. Um, but like, there's there's a thing in that where you have all the teachers kind of going like, and then going out drinking, and I'm like, this kind of concept would have been perfect for that, like an entire word based thing, as opposed to. This where it's it's cool to see them doing all this stuff, but it's effectively just two guys sitting at a table, and we're just drawing that. Yeah, that's true. I do like though that uh, the listeners to Present Mike's Put Your Hands Up Radio have a canonical like group name, the Mikeys. I love that. Yeah, I thought that I, was that really cool. like that detail. Yeah, I like that too. Uh, I definitely thought that was pretty neat. All Might seems a little uptight, um, and <laughs> well, and anybody juxtaposed against Present Mike is probably going to appear uptight. Uh, so he's trying to loosen himself up, and this is uh, President Mike encouraging him, just loosen up, man, let the late-night vibes flow, and go, 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 and on that, uh, let's uh, start taking questions from listeners. Uh, and so the first listener, uh, his name is Mr. Very Tall and Handsome. Uh, and they, we get a panel where we see the, the very top only of uh, Mineta's uh, pop-off balls on the top of his head. Uh, as if we couldn't have told just from that uh, that name and also the question, which is, lately, girls have been looking at me like I'm trash. What do I do? And have been able to identify that it was Mineta. Yeah, and uh, President, yeah. President Mike's just like, oh, boy, he's got it rough. 
And, uh, you know, All Might's sitting there and he's like, oh, okay, so he's having trouble meeting girls. You know, that's uh, okay. All right. So I say, and President Mike just cuts him off, like right in the middle of All Might's suggestion. He's like, okay, I say, diss him with a rap. And the whole time, like, I can totally hear President Mike's, like, radio voice throughout this entire chapter. They did a great yes. job with that. Uh, but All Might is like, what? What do you mean? And uh, he goes into explaining that, like, you know, dissing them is basically just, like, short for disrespect. And he says, uh, slam them with sick burns till they're toast. And he's like, yeah, but, like, you can roast them with a song? Like, why would you even do this? And it's just this whole little exchange is, is awesome. Uh, and President Mike is basically just like, yeah, like, you know, insulting sounds like a... It's going to be the way to go. Like, that's just the way to do it. Problem solved. And present or All Might has got this little word bubble that's like, uh, yeah, that sounds like a good way to make enemies, but okay. <laughs> I mean, All Might's, All Might's known for being just, like, the super friendliest, nicest person. So him hearing this stuff would be like... This is terrible advice. At least that's how he'd view it. Um, and it's just, just he's like, okay, I guess this is what I'm doing now. Is is great. I love the expression. I was gonna say they don't even really give like any more advice here. Like I guess they're just totally fine with telling Mineta to be mean to girls. <laughs> that's how he's gonna get his well, way. I mean, he has he has to do it in a rap though. That's fair, but it's still like. Like, they don't give any more credence to this question. They just move right on. Like, all right, well, we've got a question from Mr. Down with Class A. I do feel, though, that oh, we're robbed say of Mineta's raps, because we do get to see one of these questions, like, take it, actually, two of these questions get taken rather seriously in Chapter 8. I would have loved for there to have been, uh, like, an extra page in the Tonkaban of, like, Mineta's like scribbles of like his him trying to set to lyrics disses to all the girls in one a that would have been delightful i feel like that could be in the that smash volumes hilarious <laughs> that would be more that's much more of a smash or just thing. like an extra in the tonka bomb yeah that'd been great but we don't get no, that. the smash thing comes later the smash thing comes next chapter actually <laughs> yeah that's true well we get the next question uh who again is from mr down with class a and the question is, my class is clearly the superior one, but the troublemaking class next door hogs the spotlight. Despite my efforts, they refuse to acknowledge the simple truth. What should I do? And we get another kind of like, would you call this like a panel where they're trying to make the characters anonymous with like the little dots? Yes. Uh, like, I don't know what that's called. Shading. Or... It, lo it looks like a, it looks like uh, not a Kirby crackle. Um it's just like the dot matrix that they used to yeah, use for like comics. Yeah, like a stippling yeah. kind of deal. It's very clearly Monom uh, Monoma, though. I mean, this, this is, is like... not very clearly Monoma. You don't think <laughs> this so? Is this is the most generic. This could be like it... the little uh, the little stick figure that they have outside of most male restrooms, and I okay. could have told the difference. Well, the picture is, yeah, but knowing the well, question... The writing. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like that question, it, it could only be Monoma. There's no one else that's even really questioning Class 1A like this, so I don't know. I... The writing is very much him, but it, like this silhouette... This silhouette could be literally Anybody. half of the cast. Yeah. They should have had this silhouette be him like half arched over about to break yeah. his back with his yes. you know what I mean? Like with that long flowy uh jacket that he wears. Yeah. But then and then they drop that that particular panel for all future callers, I think. This is like the last one that we get. We don't get one for any of the other callers. So they it's like they they hit Monoma and gave up. Well, I think it's because the I I think the intent here was that we are seeing this from All Might's perspective because after this panel is when he realizes these are his students. Oh, he starts figuring folks yeah. out. So oh. it's like there's no need to to imagine them because he knows who they are at that point. That makes sense. 
But they basically go into, like, President Mike is just like, yeah, I feel you. You want those losers to see the light. And uh, All Might says, well, you know, if words alone don't do the trick, perhaps a presentation with facts, figures, and evidence. Like, you know, he's trying to be logical about this. But President Mike is like, nah, man, diss him with a rap. <laughs> like, it pretty much is answer to everything. Yeah, they both they both say it this time because uh, All Might says, that's what I might say typically, but um, oh, he's yeah. starting to lean into this radio personality, um, specifically President Mike. So they both offer up the uh, the recommended course of action, which is to diss him with a rap. I mean, he he does have a lot of like presentation experience and stuff like that. So, you know, he picked it up. He was like, "Okay, so this is what we're doing. I can roll with this. (laughs) Then we get a a next question from Mr. President Elect, which I feel like if you're writing in anonymously, I don't know that that would have been the way to go, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) The, the the, The thing about this is, is it is it something where that is what they wrote in as? Or is that uh, present Mike roasting all of them, knowing oh. exactly who it is and That's a good roasting question. them? That's a good I question. Thought yeah. about that. I didn't think about it that way either. Well, this question is recently one N M from the neighboring class has been visiting my own <laughs> class's dorm. He attempts to provoke us, claiming that his class is the superior one. To be honest, we aren't pleased. How can we resolve ourselves of N M? To which, M being Nieto Manoma. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. Like, not super uh, anonymous there, but All Might goes into thinking about this, and he's like, huh, after that last question, I'm pretty sure I know who these folks are. There's little, like, head uh, bubbles of Monoma and, and uh, oh, not Tetsu Tetsu, but uh, Ida. And, uh, I mean, just poor All Might's got that, like, distressed drawing to him where they draw all the lines. <laughs> like, you know, he's just sitting there thinking, like, God, what am I going to have to deal with? Present Mike addressing this is where I realized... Oh, he knows exactly who everybody's been, and he's roasting them all. Where he's like, "Enem, that nasty provoker." And I was like, "Uh, when you've got a jerk like that," and I was just like, "Oh, he knows exactly who it is." You see, I never got that read. I thought that he was just rolling, like riffing off of uh, whatever had been submitted, whether these were phone calls or emails. We don't really know what medium, uh, uh, by which medium these messages are getting to him. But it does. Your theory, though, does make sense of a question that I had especially concerning this page where All Might is sure that he knows the identities of these two anonymous uh, callers. And they they basically go on pause, put the radio show on pause on the next page. And at that point, I, I was confused as to why All Might didn't just look at President Mike and say, hey, uh, these are some of our students, so we need to be mindful of how, you know, the, the, the advice that we're giving. <laughs> and he doesn't do that. Yeah, and he's upset because he's like, hey, you know, depending on how we answer these questions, because these are our kids, they could end up in a war of words, and it cannot come to that. We have to solve their woes somehow. Of course, President Mike just answers with, like, diss them. <laughs> and then they go to this cut, this break, uh, where, you know, it seems like he's just kind of playing some music to feel the fill the air a little bit. Um, and whenever we come back in, uh, President Mike is like, well, Mr. President-elect is waiting for our answer. You ready yet, Mike? And All Might's just really trying to think, like, what is the peaceful solution here? And so he basically is like, well, try not chasing him off, maybe, question mark? Like, he really isn't super sure what to do, it seems like, because he, he knows he doesn't want to cause more issues between Class 1A and B. Uh, and so he, he kind of comes up with this answer of like, well, maybe in his own way, he's trying to meet your class halfway. 
and it's just just awkward about it. Like maybe he's just kind of kind of a weird guy there. And uh, <laughs> President Mike is not having this. He's like, "Well, that's a wimpy take," which I thought was so funny. <laughs> you know, maybe uh, a lot of these radio personalities have like their own call screeners who will, like pre-screen um, not only the the people calling in, but also whatever question or concern that they might be wanting to express. I wonder if President Mike's pre-screener is just like. His instructions are, we only want to broadcast questions or problems to which I can respond with this one with a rap. And that was the instruction given. Like, he's not actually interested in in giving out anything remotely that could be considered good advice at all. I like to think that, like, all these questions came from the students, like, email address, like their .edu accounts. So, like, he knows who they are. <laughs> oh, I just, I, th- I think he's just, he's like, no. No, I'm gonna spill this tea. I'm 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 gonna stir up this drama. This will be funny for me. <laughs> I can see that too. That is the that is the vibe as both a teacher and and like a, a hero that I get from him. It's like no no no. I'm gonna have fun with this. Knowing full well who the students are, you mean? Yes. I can see that. Will we get one last question from Mr. Jamming Gay, which I thought was a pretty fun callback to the time that uh, Jiro suggested that that should be uh, Kaminari's <laughs> hero name uh, yep. when he was stumped. Uh, and All Might thinks that they have successfully averted a war between classes A and B. But Jamming Gay's question Adorable. is, people at school treat me like a dummy, but I just suck at schoolwork. Uh, so <laughs> President Mike's like, ooh, that's a terrific, a tricky one, but there's only one answer. And together, their uh, recommended course of action, again, is dissing with a rap. And, uh, well, I should say, excuse me, All Might's thinking that that is the correct answer to this problem. But President Mike actually does try to give uh, reasonable advice, and his reasonable advice is try studying harder, and the two of them end up, as All Might points out, out of sync from start to finish. They're not on the same page with the advice that they were trying to meet out, except for on the second caller. They, did, they were in complete agreement on that one. I just, I just like how present Mike is like, try studying harder. <laughs> like question mark. Yeah, these were these were kind of fun. I, I actually really enjoyed this one. I have no idea what has anything to do with team up missions, but it doesn't. I still enjoyed it. Like <clears throat> I said earlier, the concept's fun. Uh, I like both of these characters a lot. The idea of All Might being on a radio show too, it like cracks me up. Can you imagine like All Might on Joe Rogan? You know, <laughs> just something about that. It just it's funny to me. <laughs> It's easier for me to imagine, like, like All Might is, like, his big buff self, like, in that kind of persona on something like that, as opposed to Small Might yeah. on this. And, and it, yeah, it's just, but it, it works here. I like this a lot. I just have no idea what this has to do with Tums. Again, it has nothing to do with it. That's why the secret is. You go in reading these team-up missions without expecting anything remotely resembling a team-up <laughs> mission, and you're good. Um, I think that this chapter two, um, uh, chapter number seven, or mission number seven, is actually helped out by the fact that there's some continuity between it and chapter eight. I yeah. think that seven all by itself, yes. I would have been like, eh, it, it's okay. But the fact that it spills over into the eighth chapter, I think <laughs> That it really... directly instigates... Num- chat or mission eight right right yeah yeah because it really like it 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 really sets up the pitch for for chapter eight because we open there's not even like a two-page spread like uh, for chapter eight like there is for what all of the other team-up missions yeah i mean the the two-page spread um from the first one really covered kind of the first two chapters which just feels weird like make this one chapter you know what i mean and then it kind of solves some of the 
weirdness there. But regardless, we, we open up with Mon- uh, Monoma, who's just saying that he's ready, and he's, like, reviewing some paperwork. and uh, he, Which was kind of what he was suggested to do. Which is totally yeah, fair. Make a presentation. Yeah. Present the facts. Yeah, and uh, it looks like Tetsu, Tetsu, Tetsu is just like, are you all oh, done? Well, well. I'm gonna. Ha- I'm you gonna forgot what? Oh, tattoo, 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 tattoo. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> uh, but he's like, "Hey, I don't know what all this is, but still, like, are you, you know, are you all done? Are you finished up?" And and uh, Mona was like, "This is backbreaking labor," which really cracks me up. Uh, but Tattoo seems to think that this is something for school, and he's like, "Well, actually, this is the presentation that's gonna finally defeat Class A." And we see some like papers with pictures of them, and it does look like a full report. Like he's ready to go over there and just give it to him. I just noticed he labeled it Plan A, and I feel like that is incredibly off-brand for him. It, it should is. be Plan B. I didn't notice that until you said that. I just noticed it right now. And oh, yeah, it, it is we're on going, there. Holy if cow. If we're talking about the the long successive attempts of his, not successful, but successive attempts of his, this wouldn't, this definitely wouldn't be Plan A unless he had exhausted, like, numbers first. <laughs> yeah, like, it's... I. I can't, it's, it's, it doesn't work from that perspective of like, this is the first time unless this is like, well, he got the, he got the suggestion of, you know, make it real tangible facts and numbers. So he was like, okay, but then I can't imagine him with all of his class B theming right. would, would not start with B. Right. I, you know, if he was on C or D, I could get that. It's like, clearly you've gone through, you've gone Some through drafts. attempts, but, but to start it on A. Like, that, I don't feel like he would do that. It doesn't fit his theme. Maybe playing down with A would have been better. You see, that would work. That would work. Because that has a negative. That has a negative towards A, as opposed to plan A. Plan A minus would have been great. That would <laughs> yeah, be that would have been, that would have been workable, too. <laughs> that, would be, that would have been awesome. Well, as he is about to go and give this presentation, he is stopped short. Kendo is just like, no. She just says no, just no. After karate chopping <laughs> him in the neck, that's a broken neck. Yeah, that's a broken. Neck. Her hand is steaming after having whacked him. <laughs> like he should not be walking anymore. Period. Even Tetsu, 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 Tetsu is like super shocked. It's awesome. Like more. Like he's used to this, but it's like, oh wow, that like, one was ooh. particularly uh, punchy. We uh, we transition over to seeing Class One A like just kind of hanging out. It looks like it's some chill time for them. We've got a bunch of folks just walking around. Like someone's offering up tea, uh, and it seems like they're just kind of having a good old time. They there's even like a little bubble here where they're talking about like free time is not something that they get a lot, so it's pretty precious to them. I love that Ida is just standing there for no reason with an arm raised. I love that uh, Midoriya and Kirishima have appropriately. Very blatantly labeled hoodies. Um, Midoriya's being hoodie because he has in the past been known to wear a shirt that just says shirt. Uh, and Kirishima's saying manly. And there is no telling. And I don't think I want to uh, make any conjectures about what it is Mineta is trying to show the other two semi-pervy characters from 1A, um, Kaminari and Saro uh, down on the bottom left. See, I assumed just Ida's hand was up because he wanted tea. Because they're oh, I thought it was. I thought it was because the. Ah, honestly, I thought it was. It does the say hands up if you want tea. Yeah, and so Sue's got her hand up, and so does Haka Curry. So, good catch. It just occurred to me that, like, I mean, yes, Bakugo's not here, but it's like all of the really complicated like people to draw are not in this panel, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> where, where, where's the rest of our class? I get why Bakugo's not here, but what? 
Well, I guess the others could be out on missions. Who's missing? I mean, Todoroki is gone. Koda's gone. Koda's uh, on site, though. He's there. Mini Man Arms, Tentacool. Koda's there, and I'm not seeing it? What? No, no, he's not in this panel, but he's in this chapter, so he is at the dorms. He's oh, not on a mission. right, he is at the dorms. Because he's, oh yeah, he shows up with the animals. Um, uh, Ojiro's not there. Oh yeah, good one. Um, uh, oh, oh, Octo, I'm blanking out on T- the Tentacool name. Tentacool is what I call Shoji. Shoji, it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Shoji's not there. We have seen um, we have seen Ojiro out on mission, but Hagakure is here. Yeah. So yeah. So it can't it can't be like that's happening simultaneously. Which would be an interesting thing if this if this series did. It's like okay, maybe every couple chapters you go back and see their life around the dorm in between some of the stuff, and then oh, there's some people who are not there because they're over here in this mission. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we see uh, Monoma kind of interrupts all of this with a big old like, oh, what's this class A slacking off again as he like slams open the door. And it's great because there's a word bubble and it's not super clear who it is. I'm going to assume it is a uh, uh, tape arm guy. I can't remember what his name is right Saro? now. Saro. Saro, thank you. But it just says, ugh, him. Like nobody wants to deal with this guy. It's so great. And then he just has this, he just has a thick packet of papers yeah. and he just, he just pulls in a, I can't tell if it's... I think it's supposed to be a whiteboard. Yeah, or a like pegboard or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's it just... I'm like, did you guys just have this? Do you, does, like, every dorm just have this? And he just... Know, because of that, and since all the stuff is identical, he just went over to your guys's and just took yours out of, like, the like the closet, and you're just... Nobody's stopping him. Someone tells uh, Ida to let him have it, and uh, Ida's just got this really serious look. He's like, why does yeah, he provoke us so... But uh, he's he, you know, was listening to that podcast or that radio show, getting advice too. So it's ironic too to me a little bit because if they were both listening, which they clearly were, they heard each other's feedback from All Might, which means they should have been able to put two and two together themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if if Monoma was instructed to put together this information to display, the moment Ida saw it, he should have been like, "Oh my gosh, that was him." Not that he I guess he should have already known that you was him. I was gonna say you're you're giving the you're giving these kids who can be pretty dumb <laughs> a lot of credit. That's fair. We get the, we get a really cool rendering of him in a panel as he's like, why does he provoke us so? And I'm just like, okay, interesting choice. But then yeah, it's him thinking about it as he's tuned out Monoma giving his entire presentation. Because when we cut back to Monoma, he has put stuff up. He is pointing to. To like uh like charts. There's a graph there. Like he is he has done his homework. He has brought in analytical evidence that saying that his class is better. I don't know by what metric. Well, but and that, by again, some we're we're robbed because I would have I would have liked to have been party to uh his his argument for why class B is superior. I, I like sure it's probably fallacious, but <laughs> like it would have been fun to listen to him try. I I appreciate the fact that it's like, I mean we we've we've spent the last two chapters effectively establishing how much contempt Class One A has for Monoma at this point, as this seems to be a nearly daily or weekly occurrence that they're like, please, dude, stop coming into our house and being annoying. <laughs> You're not invited here, and just to they just ignore him. Yeah, I mean to the point that they've written to radio hosts to get like advice on how to deal with this guy. <laughs> Yeah, because it's just like he tuned him out and he's only tuned him back in at the like, because it's like, hey, okay, right, this guy's talking to me. Um, and then he's like, maybe there's a hidden message. And 
so this part I find incredibly interesting because I would love to see some of the original Japanese for this. Because this becomes an entire word puzzle kind of bit. Right. And it's like, how would this work in the original Japanese? Because what he say what Ida ends up seeing um on basically one of the, the pieces that have been put up, like one of the pieces, is that if you take the first letter of every line, it spells out help me. Yeah, the first one that he sees is uh, there's a hidden message if you take the first word of each of these lines, and it reads, uh, scared of class B. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he's like, he's just like, what does this mean? And that's when he sees the uh, help me in the text. Yeah, and it's just, it's, I mean, when you start see, like, for him being like, is this really what's still happening? And then you start seeing stuff lined up that perfectly. It's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is this a cry for help? It's funny too, Mark, because I didn't even think about it like being translated, but you're so right. Like this would have had to have been, I, I wonder what this did look like in the Japanese version. That's a good point. I hadn't even considered that. Especially given the verticality of like Japanese characters, yeah. right? Because these, these letters line up exclusively um, uh, vertically on that, in that panel. But that would oh, be yeah, like a the, single line the, of the Japanese text, right? Yeah. That would be a word. Yeah. Or, or maybe, well, maybe not necessarily a word, but. Yes. Well, regardless, Ida goes to his hands and knees. He's like slamming his hands into the ground. And he's like, I had this so very wrong. Why did it take me so long to realize? And of course, uh, Monoma's like, oh, yeah, awesome. He's admitting it. Like, he, I guess this worked. <laughs> the advice was solid. Uh, but Ida is just upset because he's like, this whole time he's been issuing an SOS. Like, we've been not listening to him. We've not been paying attention. And, of course, Monoma's just thinking that that Ida's admitting that Class B is totally superior. And uh, he's like, you know, despite being the leader of Class A, that's got to sting a little bit. And then the other students are picking up on this. And they're like, what? Ida said, what now? Nah, you must have heard him wrong. There's no way. And he pulls them off to the side. And there's some, like, whispering happening. And uh, Monoma's very happy with himself. He's like, awesome. And they're, and they're just, they're shooting glance. Is over, <laughs> over like, their shoulders as they're talking like over and looking at like no way yeah. <laughs> this... i love though that uh monoma takes the first opportunity to continue to rub uh his presentation in the uh, faces of everybody else in 1a so he's managed to sway ida and he's like your own class president admits that he's superior or that class b is superior uh and so he just he's reveling in this entirely and then we we get kind of more of the thoughts of them uh, like we, what they were whispering uh, to each other. It's like, oh yeah, there's something wrong with Class B. He came for us for aid. Like we need to draw the truth out of him. And then so you just have, you have uh, Deku. And honestly, the best use of Deku in all of these tums. Yeah, I agree. Because because this makes sense. It's like, yeah, what if, if he's back there, he typically is in the common area of the dorms. This is the kind of thing he would just naturally do. He's just like, hey, Monoma, like, how have you been? Like, is anything the matter? Like, we're here to listen to you, buddy. Like, hey. And just he's and I just love how entirely taken off guard Monoma is. He's just like, huh? <laughs> his face says it. Everything says it. Like his his body language is like, I'm sorry, what's happening now? He thinks he's being uh lured into a trap. Uh yes. And he's just like, what? He's just like he he's having trouble processing what is happening as as Midoriya's like like right okay then he's like oh like he won't crack easily oh no and then the Midoriya Kirishima team up where they're just like okay you're up it's like I got this it's like yo Monoma slug me yeah he's like trying to take the uh approach he did with Bakugo to gain his friendship like hey 
hit me with all you've got. Men talk with their fist. A good punch will give me a peek into his soul. And uh, it's it's funny because Monoma's like, are you like, what are you guys scheming? What is happening here? And, and he's like, all right, well, if you insist, uh, but does this mean you admit defeat? Well, class A, and he goes in for a punch, but Kirishima, of course, uses his quirk, like as, you know, kind of a reflex, like it's just an immediate thing that happens. And poor Monoma, like, you got to know that had to have hurt. If he really hit him as hard as he could, that could have easily have like shattered his hand. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Also, terrible punching form. Oh, Once yeah. again, further further proof that one or not one A that UA does not offer basic hand to hand training. Like everybody <laughs> who has any martial arts or hand to hand training had it before coming into this school because that is a even by haymaker standards that is terrible. Teach these kids how to defend themselves, UA, please. Monoma is screaming as he makes this assault on Kirishima's face, and he says, Class B is, and then he makes contact after Kirishima used his hardening quirk. Uh, and so he Reflexively. Goes, yeah. He says, ow, agony. Uh, and so <laughs> Kirishima apologizes uh, in his defense, and I do like the little kashink automatopoeia over there as well. Oh, yeah, that's but cool. But what, what everybody else in 1A hears is just Class B is agony. Uh <laughs> And so uh, they they're continuing to have their uh, the misunderstanding is compounding with with every misinterpretation of each uh, successive situation. And and then for some reason here, it seems like he just decides that because Kirishima used his quirk that allows him to go all out. So like they it seems as if they're trying to indicate that they start fighting. I think that's what this panel is trying to say. But it, they're kind of like. I don't want to say poorly drawn because it's not that they're poorly drawn. They're just going for that kind of weird, like in the background character shapes, if that makes sense. I I think it more means that it's like, okay, well, you used your quirk. Nama, like I've now touched you. Oh, yeah. I'm now going to use your own quirk. I can see that too. Because before yeah. it was like, oh, just punch me. So it was like, okay, I'm just going to punch you. I'm not going to, you know, use a hardening quirk that would make it hurt more. Well, or anything like that. When this takes place, Ida spots like a bruise on the back of Monoma's nape there, like on the back of his neck where Kendo hit him. Or where, Ken, where Kendo hits him. Not, I mean, yes, but we see the little yeah. piece of it. It's <laughs> like, she hits blows. him there all the time, yeah, let's right. be honest. And they know this. They decide, or, or Ida decides that this is just evidence of abuse. And that like, it's just more evidence to what, <laughs> you know, Monoma's trying to secretly tell them. And he's just like, oh my gosh, such horrors. How unthinkable. Who could do such a thing? Uh, but we get back into the action between uh, Monoma and Kirishima. I mean, they're kind of going at it. Kirishima's like, nah, don't give me those limp-wristed blows. Like, you show me what you're really made of, man. And so Monoma tries to go in for it, uh, and it just, like, chaos ensues. Like, it's just them punching each other back and forth. It just, it's, I, I know we're going for a super exaggerated, but it really does look like he, he just breaks Kirishima's arm. He doesn't. But just like that, that side, like, Kendo-inspired side chop with probably hardening just looks so painful oh, yeah. with how the arm collapses in. Uh, and this leads but, them oh. to, like, I guess they're punching backwards and forwards. And and so as they're fighting, Ida and Midoriya are watching, and Midoriya just decides that the body movements are also indicating, like, Kendo strikes, meaning Kendo is what he's trying to communicate, that, like, oh, Kendo is the issue here or something. And I don't know, this just devolves really quickly. Like, I, I don't know how they were able to get that out of the fight scene that they were watching, but whatever. It is... It is an incredibly, as somebody who's done some sword fighting uh, training stuff, this makes no sense. This is such a terrible argument. What are you talking about? Well, they, they visually tried to communicate it to us um, inside of the word bubbles where it's like, don't hit me with those limp wristed 
is bolded or can your body handle this like certain or throat uh, head. yeah throat and head now i don't know anything about kendo and i didn't look up to see if those are where you strike somebody with uh with one of the sticks to score points in a match those are like those are strike points as far as like actual sword fighting which is what kendo trains for right take out the wrist they they either can't hold or they drop the sword you hit them in the body there's organs there the throat i feel like that explains itself same with the head but just this progression of like how they're doing it's like ooh, ooh. the other ones weren't that much of as much of a stretch because you either had a miscommunication of him saying something out loud and you misunderstand the context a little bit uh or you have a admittedly a bit of a stretch but you had the you know the code that kind of lined up a little too perfectly right but this one it's like um I think that it's it's there. You could, I, well, maybe it's not there. I think that you can read this as everybody su- being like super sensitive to what it is that um, that Monoma is trying to communicate. Like it's it's almost become uh, like conspiracy theory level <laughs> for them, uh, where like any little thing they're gonna over they're gonna overblow and exaggerate uh, to fit their their perspective and their theory. Okay, yeah, no, I can see that. But yeah, they put it together, Kendo, and they're like, and they just, they have the realization of Kendo's the one abusing him. Kendo's the abuser. We get we get a transition to a, a terrifying panel? I don't... Yeah, it looks like something that, um, oh, crap. The, what's the mangaka that does all of the uh, Junji horror? Junji uh, Ito? Oh, it's... Junji Ito, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, Junji Ito. Yeah, it does, this looks like a panel ripped straight out of his manga. It's Midoriya, Ida, and Kirishima, like, glaring down with heavy, like, line work on their faces glaring down at Monoma. Yes, and one of one of uh, Ida's glasses is, is completely, like, you know, light reflectioned out. So it's just, it's just a white void. As they're like, there's no scheme here, sir. They all say in unison, yelling at him from inches from his face. And he is taken aback. <laughs> Yeah, he does eventually excuse himself. He's like, uh, I just remembered an errand I gotta run, so I'm gonna leave. And they grab him by the wrist and sit him down for a nice cup of tea. I guess this is probably from uh, earlier. Yaruoza was already working on tea for folks, so she's got a little extra. And she's like, hey, your tea's ready. And uh, we've got, uh, oh gosh, I can never remember his name either. The Seto, thank you. Yeah, Seto shows up and he's got, looks like he's got some uh, maybe cakes or something that he's made. It it looks like a cake anyways, or some kind of flan or something. Uh, oh, yeah, he calls kind. it a tarte tatine. I'm totally putting a inflection on that. Here I don't... comes another one-star <laughs> review. Yeah, I know, right? Someone's going to be like, oh, that's not how you say it. Uh, but that's a feature, not a bug, as Adkins would say. That's right. I used that phrase right before recording with Mark, too, as we yes. were reviewing our one-star reviews from <laughs> yes. one of our podcasts. <laughs> because, I mean, you know, I'm a nitpicker. That's why I was brought on. That is that is working as intended. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. But uh, it's funny because uh, Monoma's sitting here like, what in the hell is going on? What is their end game? As he is eating it, by the way, and he seems to not be positive about Koda's it. Koda's brought him a bunch of bunnies, which is kind of weird, too. Like, he just showed up out of nowhere. And then we get a weird panel. Uh, and it's like. I assume his mindscape of what he thinks everyone in class 1A kind of looks like and it's very oh, reminiscent I love that idea. Yeah, it's so it's super reminiscent of like uh, Cartoon Network. It, something about this looks like Powerpuff Girls yeah. or something. I thought it looked like a Gendy Tartakovsky uh kind of drawing. The guy yeah. who did like um I think he did Powerpuff Girls. I know he did Dexter's Lab. 
I think this might be a reference. So in uh, Smash, um, in the back of a lot of the volumes, there's like kind of like a, oh, this villain showed up or stuff. Um, I'm not even sure if it was one of these or if this is kind of like one of like, we just have a pay, like a like a two-page spread of it, but there was one where it's like it made everybody's eyes really, really big like this and like cartoony, like very anime eyes. And it's just um, and it has just given the line work that kind of reminds me a bit of Smash. I'm like, I wonder if this is a subtle reference to that that little bit of Smash. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. It's idea. Just that it was just it's like, yeah, no, that's exactly what their eyes look like. It's just, <laughs> and it was horrifying. And that was the kind of joke of it. It's like, yeah, a villain came in, and their quirk made other people look like this for like a day. Well, this completely breaks Monoma. Um... We get and this... then they become Picassos, and like he's looking at them like that, and then they become Picassos. Yeah, by the bottom, it of the shatters page. something within him. Uh, and the next page, he's just staring blankly ahead. And uh, the from the There's perspective, there. say it again. There's nothing there in his head. It's just he's he's a husk. Yeah, and it's great. Yeah, um, yeah Midori is exclaiming. There's not a hint uh, of ill will left in him, and he's like beaming. It's almost like um, angelic, uh, is how like he's depicted Buddha. in that particular panel. I... Think I think it's supposed to be kind of more like some depictions of the Buddha, kind of like the halo that's around the Buddha kind of deal. That would make some uh, sense too. Um, how how that's depicted instead of being like around kind of the back and kind of going all the way out, as opposed to specifically around the head. Yeah, I see that, and uh, we have uh, the the exclamations or, or realizations maybe of one A that. They always maybe thought that he was a, a, a decent dude after all, uh, but then some of them are also like, who even is this? This definitely is not Monoma anymore. Like, you have robbed Monoma of Monoma. I love yep, Monoma. Sue's in the back like, looks to me like his brain broke. Like, like I read that bubble in her voice, and it was so funny to me. I, I love I love Jiro's like, who even is that? <laughs> and then Kindo comes to the door, and she's like, oh, sorry, people. Uh, I'm happy to take Monoma off your hands. And everyone kind of turns and looks at her like a gas. Like, There's oh, my panic. God. <laughs> people are, pa- it is this full-on panic mode right yeah. now. <laughs> As they think, the abuser has just walked in the room. And uh, Monoma's like, Kendo, yes! Like, oh my god, I have someone here to save me. And uh, sh- he snaps back. Yeah. Like, he goes from catatonic to get me out of here. <laughs> that or he has Stockholm Syndrome from uh, the 1A's perspective. And he just loves his captor and abuser. Oh, that is absolutely how they view it at yeah. this point. It's just, the, the, like, I do like Midoriya. He's like, um... Like, hey, so about Class B, and Kendo's like, what did he tell you? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that there's some time that passes between the bottom right panel and the bottom left. Um, <laughs> and, and the explanation of, hey, so we think that this might be going on. And she's like, what? No. Uh, why, why would you really think? Uh, and this is Monoma. He's like, do you really think Class B was that repugnant? Which, of course, he's he's Class B's apolo- uh, like you know local apologeticist. Of course, he would be the one to defend Class B. But but also, I was gonna say it's it's fair to be like, did did you think that we did that over here, dude? Like that's that cool. I love too that like everybody apologizes to Kendo, but not Monoma. Like there's no apologies for for them at all, you know. And and uh, she's like, ah, serves you right for not listening to me. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, he's he's annoyed them so much that that why would they ever apologize to him for anything? 
Yeah, Ida is freaking out because he realizes that all of those coded messages were just coincidence. Um, but everybody else seems to be fairly uh, relieved that everything has gone back to normal. And then there's a panel where, like, it's almost like you could hear that echo, back to normal, back to normal, back to normal. And it's like letting us know that Monoma has been reset to, to you know, his, his uh, previous settings <laughs> where he's going to be uh, all about Class B and just dogging on Class A at every opportunity. And they've realized the ramifications of him being reset. <laughs> yep, that's it. That's great. Again, I think that those two, seven and eight, pair pretty well together, especially, well, on the condition that uh, you go into these not expecting anything remotely that could be or, or is a team-up mission of any kind, as we, as we would have defined it going into this series blind, you know? I love that it ends on a half-hearted hooray. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Let's jump into uh, the last chapter that we're covering, chapter nine. Who wants to describe this beautiful two-page spread? It is a. It is them in their hero. It is our heroes in their hero costumes, uh, except Bakugo has a headband, um, and it's they're on a carousel at like an amusement park. And I'm guessing this would look really good in color. I assume that that headband was like his little eyepiece, but like pulled up for some reason. I guess it. I guess. But yeah, like this one, I love everybody's poses. I love everything about this. I don't think it worked in black and white as well as they wanted. Probably looks stunning in color. Yeah, this is a yeah, cool piece. It, it looks very, like, wet, if that makes any sense. Like, everything is kind of smudgy. A bunch of like the uh, two-panel yeah. page, like, front covers like this, during the team-up mission specifically, have kind of had that style to them of, like, yeah, it's a good, good point, Mark, like, watercolor almost. As I said, it's like just seeing how much lighter kind of the top part of the carousel is. I imagine in color, like that's all lit up and it's all bright and then it's shining down on them, which would make the shadow, like the, the light that I can kind of see on them from the shadows uh, look better. And I'm like, no, no, I dig this one. I really like this one. We, uh, we have our chapter nine immediately interrupted, though, or mission number nine, which is called Use Illusions Responsibly, Kay. Um, but before we get into uh, that chapter properly, we, I don't know why they didn't put these two things together at the end of this, um, but we get a, what is called the MHA Art Exhibition Drawing Smash, which is highlights about Horikoshi's style from one of his uh, assistants. I'd say it's probably because of just like, uh, at least in the Tonkabon, because of just like formatting of pages. Um, but yeah, we get, we get it. And the first time I saw this, I thought that I had had another Tonkabon printing issue because of how... Um, not sharp all of the lines are yeah sketchy it's it's like uh, a lot of it was drawn with like a either a, a very dull pencil or a crayon yeah like specifically the title kind of looked fuzzy which was intentional yes but i have had uh i've had tonkabons where pages have been in, like almost like unreadably faded or or like printing mistakes and stuff so like i i remember getting this and being like is this how it's supposed to be and then, like, a day later going into, like, the Barnes & Noble to be like, I just need a check. I okay. But, yeah, it's just talking about, like, yep, like, hey, I have my first art exhibit for this series. Um, and just giving, like, little detail things. Yeah, they get into some of the character designs, um, some of which we had talked about on, um, on the AMP before, like the UA uniforms having UA on the front of them. Um, we've, we've mentioned about Jiro's hair. 
uh, they get into the fact that there is a kanji um, hidden on Endeavor's, uh, yep. the front of his costume, which I don't think we ever noticed because, you know, kanji is not something that grabs our eyes. Had you, had you guys talked about that before on Hero Notes? Um, we, we briefly talk about it, and I, I want to say said something to the effect of, I realized what it was because of Fire Blast from Pokemon. Oh, oh interesting. Because yeah. Fire Blast and Pokemon it has the kanji like for that. fire. Yeah, that's right, it does. That's, yeah, that but is But it stands for like. great, apparently. Huh. The kanji on his chest. Um, and then they point out uh, a part of Dobby's costume that unless they had actually done what they did here and pointed it out, there's no way in the world I would ever have seen what they said this looks like or is. I, I think it's a it's a cool thing of like, yes, I use this as kind of an inspiration for the costume or for the outfit. And it's a little it's a little bit of like an in-joke kind of thing. I wouldn't have noticed it until it was pointed out. But uh, I mean, it's an interesting like, here's how production wise I came up with this. I yeah. based it off of this thing because I knew who this character like I know everything about this character. I know what their powers are. So I'll play to that while making it look like normal clothing. Yeah, that that part was pretty cool. A little bit of insight into, you know, like we've talked before about naming conventions in Dragon Ball where like Toriyama's just sitting around going, uh, fruit, uh, uh, vegetables, uh, uh, furniture, you know, like whatever. Um, and Horikoshi. Underwear. Huh? Underwear. Underwear. Yeah, that's right. Um, the briefs. Then you also have um, Horikoshi who he, he does... Uh, admit to being visually um, inspired by a lot of things in the world. And it's cool to see that uh, that was a part of Dobby's creation, or at least maybe not his creation or his concept, but definitely his design. Mm -hmm. And then we get into chapter nine. Yeah, which I don't know. Personally, I kind of feel like this was the weaker of the three chapters, maybe just because like chapter seven and eight combined so well as kind of a goofy story. But nine is like, I don't know, weird in a lot of ways to me, I felt like. So the, the students show up, and the three students, at least at hand currently, are Kirishima, Todoroki, and Bakugo. They're at this theme park that is supposed to be, like, this awesome place. It, it looks really cool. Uh, and, you know, it's supposed to be, I guess, like, where they're going to have a mission. But we don't really know what the mission is yet. And we're introduced to the fourth character of this adventure, who is Kami from, uh, is it Shiketsu? Yeah, Shiketsu High. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, thank you. Second year, I believe. Yeah, yes, she That's is. Shiketsu. She's the oldest of the 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 four heroes on the scene right now. Yeah, and it's funny too because she says, "Can't say I'm not psyched to peep that hot and cold snack again." And Bakugo just says, uh, "So you still haven't learned to talk right, huh?" <laughs> that cracked me up. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> she's she's got that like Valley Girl um, speech mannerism, um, and I. That's just, I guess that's what Bakugo's drawing attention to. I think, I can't remember her. She's not in the anime much, um, so I can't recall her I mean, she's, she's not in the, the manga. I mean, they're in it about the same same amount. Like, yeah. you have, because you have the fake version of her that is, that's really Toga. Right. And then you get her during the uh, the exam, or the uh, the kind of the makeup stuff, and that's really all we've seen of her. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that we've really seen too much of Cam, like the actual Cami herself, because what we did yeah, think it was Toga. That one yeah, scene. Yeah, so. It's that one, that one location with the kindergartners. That's the, that's the only time we've seen the actual her. In, unless there's some more recent stuff where she had like a panel or two cameo that I'm just not thinking. Right. 
Yeah. Well, we get the quick reintroductions uh, for everybody, and uh, it's explained that they're going to go into this park, and uh, that they were, are here, in fact, for a team-up mission. Uh, so, because we have this new... No, no, no. They're here for a Tom. Okay. They're here for a Tom. They're here for a Tom. Do you think he said T, like, T-U-M? Like, or do, do you think he actually said Tum? The Tum youngsters. <laughs> we, uh... <laughs> We discussed this in a previous episode. I know. <laughs> we just assu- we assume that they like they probably are saying they have to be right. But for the purposes of this podcast, they are. Saying I think Tom. this creepy yeah. little critter is saying Tom because he is. So just to describe what this character looks like, he shows up on scene and he reminds me of the Funimation cat. Like if you've ever seen one of the uh, intros for a Funimation dubbed episode, I think or not Funimation, but uh, um, oh, what is the name of that production company? They have the like cat. It's a I think it's, are you talking about, about? I think it is Funimation. Is it Funimation? Is, is it? I think it is. Funimation yeah. Because I just every time I hear Funimation, I just hear entertainment. You should be watching. I have that forever stuck in my head. Yeah, it is. It uh, is the Funimation cat. Here's like this little picture. Yeah. Uh, I'll send a link in this chat. But this is what I was imagining. So I almost like there's some part of me that was like this is semi self aware. Um, but like it, because of how goofy this little character looks like, I'm assuming he says Tom. Uh, but he explains that he's yeah. the chief executive officer of the park, and he's the one who asked them to be here. Uh, and they basically want him to, or sorry, he he basically wants them to enjoy all of the park's you know rides to their heart's content. Like while you're on this mission, have a lot of fun. And then they're kind of let down because they realize that it's not the park they thought it was. It's the one right next door, which happens to be like run down and boring. And yeah, it's, yeah, he like leads them like they're at the entrance, which is. It, it, so it seems like they were told a specific address to meet meet this time, and they met the person that they were meeting there. So everything last time is just a who knows, right? Uh, Progress, bucket. but yeah. So that they they walk, and this is the weirdest thing for like a theme park chain that I can imagine. It's like yes, we're having a theme park next to the other one, and they're in no way legally associated with each other. So you have to pay an entirely different admissions fee. I feel and like he just, yeah, he just I walks feel like over there's there. There's a zoning violation of some kind here, or poor yes. city planning to have two theme parks adjacent to one another that are not associated with each other. Yeah, because I I think of like Florida with like like Epcot, and then a little ways away you have like the Disney stuff, and it's like okay, that kind of makes sense. They're 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 big big stuff, but they're on their own. To be fair, Universal is only like a five, ten minute drive away from most Disney parks, I think. True. But this place is like, right next we're going to knock this down place a wall. Is, yeah. This place shares a Oh, yeah. This right, place right. literally shares a parking lot. Like, I mean, it's it literally is right next door to each other. Uh, and this little man who I don't, we're introduced to the fact that he's the CEO, but I don't think he ever gets a name past that. So, uh, yeah, he also opens the gate for them. And it's not like, oh, I'm opening the gate to like, yeah. you know, the back lot or something like that. He opens the entrance. He crawls up on, he opens the main gate for them, but there's already some people inside who are just kind of loitering around. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, that one lady has a, or I think it's a lady, or is that a guy? Whatever. Uh, has a bag, and I'm like, what did you buy? <laughs> I'm more interested to know what you bought here, because there's nothing. Yeah, we, we, are, we are moved from future world to retro to land. Retro land. Which could work if you had it based on a bunch of retro video games. Your theming is wrong. Because I'm just trying to, like, Retroland, it's like, okay, this place has always been called Retroland. And then I look at it, and I'm like, 20 years ago, was this thing called Retroland? When I had, like, 
state-of-the-art stuff what's right. going on it's i immediately point. look at this and i'm like you need to fix that oh and you need to fix you need a better business plan <laughs> well he doesn't have the funds to fix the o i mean look there's only like three part goers in this particular scene you know that's a good point he did basically petition the government for free child labor <laughs> yeah he did <laughs> i don't listen I don't want to pay these folks. I just want you to let me have them for a little while so that I can make money. Is that is that not slave? That's not slave labor? No? We're good with that? Okay. It's training, Adkins. There's a difference. <laughs> Again, <laughs> there should be some sort of presented justification for how this qualifies. Like, if, if he... Imagine this guy, sub, you know, reaching out to the Heroes Commission, and he's like, hey, here's my plan. This is why I need heroes. Why is there not a screener that's like, this has this has nothing to do with being a hero. The only thing that this has to do with heroism at all is you want them to come and play heroes in a play, and anybody, literally anybody, could be a hero in a play, because it's a play. I guess I... Go to I the guess, local theater. Like, like the thing is about, man. like, having them put on a show is, is we do have... There is, a, like, an entertainment or, like, a stage presence aspect to being a hero uh, in this universe, especially in Japan. So, like, that part of this whole thing, I'm like, okay, this seems like a good, like, we're not going to actually get, like, full-fledged heroes to do this because they have people to save. So we'll get some student heroes who have licenses so they can use their quirks, um, like, for this specific thing so that they get kind of, you know, especially if they have stage fright, they get used to being on a stage in front of just people because that's something they will have to do professionally that part of this concept i really like and think has potential it's a it's just very strange how like they get there and they're expecting to do actual hero work and then they're just immediately given given scripts and everybody's just like sorry what yeah again they go into i think that's been the pattern like they go to these places not knowing what they're getting into and occasionally they know I who really they're meeting for, up like, with. Really, except for like the first one. Really, like the first two are the only ones where it wasn't. It was like, hey, we're sending you off to meet a hero, or like first three, we're sending you off to meet a hero here, and then you're gonna go do stuff with them. Right. And then since we got through like those first three numbered chapters, it's been just random. Well, he does explain this weird little man. Um explains that they don't have the property or the budget needed to compete with future world over here at retro land and so bakugo pieces together that they're they're just here to drum up this uh, business and they're going to do so by uh, a play uh, and so he's got a stage that they're going to perform and they're going to perform a hero show um and so this thing is storyboarded out i assume i don't know that this guy's actually showing them the flashcards of like the storyboard but the villain it attacks surprise the me citizens. if in the scripts there they had like the uh... oh yeah this could have been storyboarded down their pages so yeah. the villain attacks the citizens the hero appears on the scene the hero struggles against the villain in battle uh but then cheers from the audience inspire the hero and the day is saved and kirishima decides that this is a classic storyline but bakugo believes that this is just cliche and probably crap I mean, they're 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 both right. Like this is a classic storyline. It is also cliche, and it looks pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> it is not a well executed cliche. I um, love too that here they like introduce a narrator randomly because there's this box that is text that is clearly none of them talking, and it's like, and so they trained for the show. <laughs> that's future Midoriya. Oh, that's true. That, that's future Midoriya. <laughs> I didn't think of that commenting about. <laughs> 
what's going on is like, and so they train for the show. <laughs> they just needed to explain the uh, the the gap in in the uh, narrative itself with the box, um, and so they're actually in the middle of uh, basically rehearsal yeah. here, and so the director is shouting, and now the scene where the heroes are cut down, and they've got a couple of other. Well, we don't even know that they're heroes. Um, just people with quirks. Um, pr- maybe one of them definitely has a physical quirk because she looks like a fox. I would say. Um, I kept for I kept being like, is that Cammy in a costume or something? And it's like, oh right, that's not. It's it is not because they're just there. Yeah, that was yeah. my first thought when I flipped this page. Was like, oh, why is Cammy in a weird like cat? costume okay that was a choice and then she's there on the floor so it's not her but basically this this play is playing out like this villain has attacked the heroes Todoroki Kami are down and Bakugou is you know never going to be beaten by a villain so screw this and Kirishima is overacting yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just <laughs> he's chewing like the scenery dramatic. oh man and then the the woman that is uh I guess acting like she doesn't say cut or anything but she's like could you kids try to maybe take this seriously <laughs> like come on we're we're, we're professionals they here. would you know you know which kids would take it seriously the kids that perform this kind of thing regularly at a local theater company class b no, well, Class B did put on. They did put on that one That's stage play during the. Uh, yeah. They did put on that one stage <laughs> yeah. play, and that is why they're disqualified. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you've if you've read it from School Briefs Volume Two, and you'll understand why they're disqualified. I again, I and read why that I don't volume. Believe that's I know right. that I consumed that volume. I know we did too, because I'm pretty I've sure repressed all of it. That was we covered that one, didn't we, Atkins? Hit. School briefs? Hell oh no. no, it's not school briefs. I'm getting that mixed up with the mash. I've always gotten that mixed up with smash volumes. I don't know why. That's a yeah. Shame. Yeah. If you read one, you <laughs> would never mix the two up again. But but even even in the main series, there's a point where there's a there's a uh, oh a survey done, and people are like, yeah, we like the play more than the more than the one uh, A's concert. And I'm like, I don't believe this, Monoma. I don't believe yeah. you. I've read I your play. I remember that too, because there's no way anything that any other class in the history of UA ever did that was better than Hero 2, and I stand by that. We've not even seen any of the other ones. That's a bold statement. I'm just saying, Hero 2 is a, is a legit bop, and I will defend the, that to my death. The, the other thing is, it's like, I just feel like, like I could see a Kirishima, a Saro. Like, I could, see, I could see those guys getting really into this play, like, actually doing a good job with it. It's just... We've decided to send either Mr. No Personality, Mr. Just Constantly Angry, and then Mr. I Will Chew Every Scene. Yeah. And that's who we sent from UA. Well, and the funny thing, too, here is that, like, the crux of the issue for the majority of the beginning of this chapter is that they have not decided where they're going to stand in their hero poses, like their group formation. So it turns into Dragon Ball Z and the Ginyu Force, and I loved it. This is the best part of this chapter. Or Power Rangers. Or yeah, yeah, Power or Rangers. And any Sentai. Yeah. And, and so, like, yeah. the, you know, they're just instructed to go and figure it out. Like, hey, you guys got to go talk it over, figure out what your group formation is going to be, and, you know, make make it pop. Like, the center position is the one that has to really stand out. Uh, so, you know, go go figure this out. And, of course, Cammy wants to be in the middle. Uh, Bakugo also wants to be in the middle. They kind of get over it at first. Uh, but Cammy's like, well, not to pull the age card, but, uh, you know, she's about to 
but Bakugo freaks out. Uh, and he says that that spot's got to go to the strongest one. And, of course, Kirishima comes in and, and tries to break this up. He's just like, hey, calm down, guys. Like, we'll figure this out. Todoroki is sort of pulled. Um, but, I mean, it's he's, like, distracted by the, the rides. And we get this weird Toad moment. I feel like this is totally a Todoroki moment where everyone else is focusing on what's happening. And he's like... I had a horrible childhood. I've never been to a theme yeah. park. I've never ridden a ride. It is a, it is a pretty drastic tone change, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, it. part of this could work if it was just like, it was like, because this is like, I am brooding, as opposed to like, he just got distracted because it's like, you know what? I've like, I've never actually been on any of these kind of rides and just kind of looking around like, huh. Um, As opposed to, yeah, like, I, I've gone into brooding mode. My life is angst. <laughs> yeah, my uh, life is angst. Adam, do you remember early on in the AMP when um, we would we were starting to take notice of the fact that Bakugo uses language that maybe doesn't suggest that he's the the main character in in his life, but that he's the only character in his life. Yeah, yeah. And everybody else, <laughs> everybody else is just a no named NPC around yeah. him, um, like an extra. That's that's totally his reasoning. That that shows its face again here when he's like, the center spot was made for me me in the center like that's totally what he's yeah thinking. yeah that means me yeah <laughs> although he does make the argument that he thinks it's 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 his because it should go to the strongest one uh but i i still think that the the argument from he's the only person in his in his life story that that matters I, except for i would say except for all might because if for instance he was presenting with all might and it's like yeah all might goes in the center that makes perfect that sense that follows his it. logic yeah, of being the true. strongest one though like he i don't think he's at a point where he would admit to being 100 percent stronger than all might no, i i'm not sure i'm not sure if he would he, he would, would be deferent ever to all might get regardless. to that point yeah, yeah. like so, having seen all my i did actually take one note down what is qed here because he says the spot's got to go to the strongest one that means me qed what is it stands for quadrat demonstrandum and it's just like a fancy latin way uh like latin um abbreviation for like i rest my case or Uh, i've made my point basically see i knew i didn't Mm -hmm. have to google this one of you guys would have known it I ran I ran into it with something like uh like a year or two ago and I was like I see this before. What does this mean? Oh, it's Latin. Everybody that at some everything. point in their life has definitely had to Google QED. Except for yes. me. I just had to ask Atkins and Mark. You're one of the <laughs> lucky few. Well, continuing on here, we get into like another kind of I don't I wouldn't say a weird tone shift because now Toads is just riding all the rides and like Hiroshima's having a blast. Toads? Yeah, Toads, like Todoroki. It's our shorthand for Todoroki sometimes. Okay, I just I've never heard that and I love it and yeah. I might have to use that. Yeah, the toads. <laughs> we also go with Bezawa oftentimes. Well, I mean Adkins <laughs> goes with Bezawa. <laughs> Everybody in their right minds with good taste would, so <laughs> But they're all riding the rides. They're having a good time. Bakugo is the only one that's not. Uh, he says that they're a bunch of babies, which I thought was weird. Like, I kind of figured he'd like roller coasters. They're sort of... I, um... I It might not be a good enough roller coaster. Let's, Maybe. Let's, let's be clear. That's fair. It might, it might just be kind of like a, a normal, like, very basic high roller as opposed to, like, I don't know, like a Superman or, like, a wild thing or, like, something that has actual, like, you know terror to it i have to admit that uh the panel where he says a bunch of babies i read it in the voice that uh shredder screams their babies from teenage mutant ninja turtles 2 the secret of the ooze when he finds out that uh toka and rizar were like baby animals that were oozed up and he's like <laughs> they're babies ah! <laughs> 
It was fun. I love Kirishima's answer to figuring out the uh, like who's going to be in the middle because he basically yes. introduces them to the teacups, like the ride that just spins and spins and spins. And I don't do people actually enjoy that ride. I'm sure there are some, but I did when I was a, like a kid, but I I can't say I've been on one in decades. Man, yeah, I I rode one recently and it sucked. Like I don't like them. <laughs> Have you even really lived if you haven't vomited violently after being on the teacup ride at a fair? Come I think on. you get one, and then after that. It's it's like okay, I've had, I've, I've done it, you know. Uh, but they decide they're gonna basically spin this teacup. There doesn't seem like there's like a set time. They're just gonna do it as fast as they can, and whoever is the least sick after they're done is gonna get the the spotlight basically. And so they go into it. Uh, of course, Bakugo is like just Kirishima over the top. basically. Kirishima does this by baiting. Yeah. Bakugo oh yeah. He uses he uses his best friend status and his knowledge to bait him into this so that it's like oh this is about proving you're the best this is about proving you are the most durable that you can do this over other people well and then he follows it up with and like that's brilliant like i get it you don't have to do it you got a weak tum-tum i understand <laughs> I, and i just and, and when he said weak tum-tum all i could think is weak team-up mission team-up mission that's what that's exactly oh, what? what i was about to just say <laughs> that's <laughs> brutal what a terrible word choice for this chapter <laughs> that's so true well they end up finishing this up uh of course there's obviously going to be a plus ultra panel here where they're trying to get uh past their dizziness and the only one that's not like super violently messed up is Todoroki for some reason like he just seems to feel a little sick but everyone else is just wobbling all over the place they got like the fun little dizzy uh eyes that I, I like to see um so yeah why do you guys think Todoroki wasn't affected by this is it like that just seemed weird to me because he's dead on the inside. Um, no, it's it's. Uh, I would I would say probably like it like a lot of things with him. I mean, his father did put him through quite a bit of different types of training. He's like over the years. Like we we know that it's why like he does like we don't see it very often. He has a martial arts background because his dad made him learn stuff like so stuff like you know being able to handle like nausea or like dizziness and stuff like that it wouldn't surprise me if that got worked into what he was forced to do over time we had to think or well in this case you had to think way too long and hard about that this should have been something that gets a single word bubble explanation from Todoroki oh I agree it's ridiculous that we have to conjure up the, the explanation for something that they bring to the forefront here I mean that that's just how my hero academia rolls though yeah the writers have rules too just like the world does occasionally <laughs> yes and then we we don't always find out about all the things in sequential order that's right i do like that bakugo is like he's not on the verge of vomiting he's incredibly dizzy but he definitely got second place yeah kami's out for sure oh yeah uh and, and kirishima is going for the bathroom I love, too, in the previous page when they're actually doing the spinning that you see, like, Bakugo and Kirishima are definitely the two that are taking this the most seriously, and the other two are just along for the ride because it's the only idea that they had. And there's the the panel in the top right uh, where Todoroki is just the centrifugal, uh, centrifugal force is just working against him, and his head is just outstretched behind him. Like he's... <laughs> It looks like his neck is being snapped. Yeah, it's so great. It was a fun little drawing there. I love these panels of uh, Kirishima and uh, Bakugo in the bottom of that same page. They look totally psychotic. It's great. It's very them. I'm happy for them. Yeah, so it is determined that Todoroki takes center stage and presumably Bakugo screams out, damn it. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I assume. 
we've got the uh, CEO cat guy shows up and he's just like, oh, the joys of youth. And uh, we and it's like, dude, yeah, like they they're violently ill. You'll be lucky if they're ready for the show tonight. So we transition over to the day of the show. Everyone's getting ready. Uh, we see everyone behind stage, like getting super revved up. Kirishima's trying to, you know, just uh, hype everybody up. And so is Bakugo. They're buying into it. They're like trying to get into character. And uh, Mr. CEO realizes that they're all working super hard for Retroland's sake. And he's just like, I just hope this show works. Like we got to sell some tickets here. Uh, and it even seems like they've maybe invited what, like some local news stations or something. There's a few folks here that appear to be holding like cameras. There's one guy with the selfie sticks maybe like they've got an influencer i can see that yeah. the ceo being like oh we got to get someone with a thousand followers <laughs> yep and then they they have and it didn't occur to me till just now they have like a fnaf kind of bunny over in the back five nights of freddy's style bunny just selling balloons and then children with no faces because that's how we do background stuff i guess this chapter it's his quirk uh, it's that poor kid's quirk and you're drawing attention to it it's the last thing you want uh, oh, i Mark. guess it's also the mother's quirk i suppose yeah that's it's how genetic. Work. It's the, genetic. Yeah. The last thing that they want is people gawking at their weird physical quirk, and here you are. <laughs> well, we get uh, interrupted the, in this scene because uh, there's someone that's just like, "Oh, pardon me, are you the CEO of Retroland? We need to have a word." Which, like, I don't, I don't know. This is so weird. It's, it feels like uh, the whole ramen shop all over again because basically there's someone oh, that it is. Right. Yeah, and they're not even really shown here. They're just in, like, a hoodie or something, and they're never really given a full anything, from what I can tell. Like, we don't know any defining features of this person throughout the entire chapter, from what I can see. But basically... We don't get an establishing shot of this person to the point where we don't have a full, like, body, like, image of them. Right. Or even, like, a, a medium shot of them. uh, Like, a clear one at all period to the point where i remember rereading this for for reviewing today and being incredibly confused by the back half of this like who are these people what's happening yeah the action is not well drawn in no. this chapter it was super it confusing. horribly yeah, drawn yeah. the fighting is the the little teacup action was great yeah the, the fighting is poor it's very the bad slice of life fantastic the actual meat of the story bad Agreed. Yeah, like I thought the back half of this chapter was super, super weak just because I couldn't tell what was going on. Like most of the fight scenes just didn't play out right or well. But basically this dude wants to take over Retro Land because it's land he could use to expand the other theme park. So uh, either he's a villain that's been hired by the other theme park or he's just the CEO of this other theme park, which I like the idea of these two people having like an ongoing feud of their theme parks kind of cracks me up but it it just feels like a repeat of the ramen noodle shop mission so because oh it God, is he has a, i just realized he has a giant f for the future land thing on his chest and it's like could you could you be any less subtle like you you've, you've got you've decided to go on a day where i have to imagine you know that you have actual people with hero licenses to stop you did you did you think you would be able to stop these children who have Heroes licenses? Did what 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 was your what was going through your head, villain? I ju- I just want to know literally anything about you. Yeah, I mean the timing here is horrible, and Bakugo admits the same thing. He, he, they're actually, oh my gosh, there is a, bu- a word your bubble there. Your sucks. timing sucks. Yeah, because yeah. they're standing there like, okay, are these actors? No, they're definitely not actors. And this dude just straight up admits that like they're going to be expanding Future Park. Nobody can stop them. And then he lifts the poor CEO of Retro Land up into the air. Uh, the kids decide to go into hero mode. Cami takes over for the theatrics, and she's out on stage trying to like keep the play going while you know 
know, Bakugo, Todoroki, and Kirishima just kick these dudes' butts, like, poorly, because we can't really tell what's happening for the next three pages, but they uh, they seem to be able to, to, you know, handle them, and everything seems to be fine, until there's, like, another big reveal. Oh, no, they're, they've blown out the tracks of this theme park's one roller coaster that nobody rides, because no one's really been there. And so now they've got to go and save the folks from the roller coaster. Yeah, and just this this whole thing, because it, it just occurred to me, like, so they, they confront the guy outside, and then I was like, wait a minute, how did this kids find him? And it's like, oh, they decided to go around to backstage and then hold him up backstage. Um, uh, but yeah, they, uh, they go, and they go to try to save the people as uh, Cammy is um, hamming it up. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting yeah. it. Yeah. Is it because it because it kind of reminds me? Uh, I feel like there was a visual similar to this when um, they were actually doing the stuff with the kindergartners. Was it the was it the little girls? Their their thoughts about their perceptions Todoroki? of Bakugo and Todoroki, or specifically Todoroki. I feel yeah. like he had like the shoujo like sparkles and the flowers there, and that this might be a very subtle reference to that. It felt yeah. very like uh, Darian from uh, uh, Sailor Moon, like whenever they oh used my to god, it is him. exactly Darian. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. It is. It is it is exactly like roses and everything tuxedo yeah. mask yeah, yeah he's yeah or, tuxedo no, mask it's, it's yeah, more it, yeah tuxedo mask yes i am actually prince darian <laughs> flowers everywhere yeah he's flanked by roses and he uh she even gives each of these um each of these boys a different kind of personality to to be reminded of what her quirk is i think it's called glamour and she can basically like she uses like a smoke that she breathes out to make a uh, visual oh, and and uh, and like sights and sounds basically and she could do with them whatever she wants yeah and so it seems like the other actors are kind of like going along with it ad-libbing this and uh the she's able to i use... would say i'm gonna interrupt you yeah no, <laughs> she breaks it. character yeah she is actually this little cat villain is actually smitten with todoroki here <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. she doesn't just break character she is like she because she realizes in the next panel oh crap like that wasn't my line she was overcome by Black Mask Todoroki or Black Tuxedo Todoroki. That's funny. Yeah, I guess you're she right. I didn't even put that together. You're right. It's pretty great. I like that. But and then we also have this panel of the the critics r- responding and they're like, oh, my gosh, she switched sides because they they showed up to this show thinking that they were just going to get yet another, you know, retooling of the cliched hero story. And now is when that narrative starts shattering schemas left and right and it's blowing their minds. Yeah, they're like, weird plot, something's off about this show, as it's just so dramatic. As we then cut back awkwardly to um, people terrified on the uh, the roller coaster, or at least one guy terrified. Yeah, I love that one little panel. That's just some dude with, like, he's crying his eyes out. He looks absolutely horrified. That was, that was, uh, that caught me off guard. Some, like... Every I feel like every uh, anime at some point in time has like that screaming guy, and that was this one for these chapters, and that cracked me up. But Kirishima, I will say that I I would I will say that I thought that Kirishima was going to solve this the Superman way and not the Spider Man way. Yes, so like in the yes. old yes, exactly. I had the yeah, same so thought like, in the old comics. Superman would like lie down and span the gap himself, and uh, Kirishima goes into his unbreakable mode. And I was like, oh, that would be an, a nice homage. But he doesn't. He just like takes this uh, this uh, tra- uh, the, the train, the, the roller coaster to the gut uh, in, in an attempt to stop it. It, it, it was ill-conceived because Bakugo has to show up to save him. 
Yeah, I mean, Kirishima took the Gryffindor way, not the Ravenclaw way, and uh, so this is uh, correct. Yeah, and uh, and so Bakugo has to show up to like basically force himself and Kirishima against the roller coaster itself with blasts trying to stop it, which is effective, but it's so much extra than what had to happen. Like they should have thought this through just a little bit more. Uh, so, you know, they're a little upset that, or not a little bit, but Kirishima is a little upset thinking like this blast would absolutely destroy the park. Like this is going to send everybody into a panic. You can't do that. That's not going to be a good thing. Uh, we we got to stay away from that, but uh, they end up like causing a bunch of explosions on stage. I guess it's Cammy. Is that, am I reading that correctly? Is that what's happening? No. Here? So what's happening here is Todoroki shows up onto the scene uh, during the concern about the explosion causing mass panic to basically say, I don't <laughs> she he's basically like, I don't know what Kami is doing exactly, but she has everyone's attention and your explosion is not going to like uh, th- their attention has been sufficiently arrested. Go ahead and explode away is basically what he's saying. OK, yeah, because that next panel is Bakugo basically blasting off and the roller coaster comes to a stop. But I just, I don't know the, the sequence of events for some of these panels, a little difficult to read in my opinion. No, I, I agree completely. It also just occurred to me. It's like, yeah, it'd be a bit more noticeable, but Todoroki, you have ice power, right? Yep. They're like these three people. Bakugo's the only one that should have approached Wait, it this way. How did Kirishima get there first? Hold on. How did the slowest of the three get there first? Did they throw him? Am I misremembering something? No, I, uh, it's not depicted How in the world did panel. he get there first? He just runs and jumps. How Duh. does he get... Th- They're both faster than him. <laughs> He's, it's in the script, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It's one of those things. Like, the, the team-up missions are so inconsistent with who would do what. I will say that Todoroki did use his ice in this, um, in this chapter. It's very, very subtle. But when the dude has the uh, the CEO by his collar, he does freeze him so that he gets dropped. But he this is definitely a better and would have been a, uh, a a much better visual as well use of that ice power that would have made a heck of a lot more sense than what we get. Okay, yeah, I see. Yeah, like he, he, yeah, he used the ice on. That is upsettingly subtle. They almost like had, you had to point that out. They almost had to force Todoroki to be last so that way they didn't just solve this easily with ice. It would have saved like four pages if they had done that. Oh, oh, or. This is the team-up. And they had to do this, elsewise there would not have been a team-up. But that didn't matter Probably. in the last three chapters, so why does it matter now? <laughs> no, the team-up is with Cammy. that's the thing, is she's, she's doing all that stuff over there. It, you could have solved this by having Todoroki dealing with those three guys while these two went over to, to, uh, to deal with the roller coaster. Yeah. 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 Like, it's like, okay, yes, I've frozen them here. I need to stay here to make sure they don't get out of it because we don't know what they can do. You two go stop that thing. Uh, and then Bakugo blasts them over there. There. Problem solved. I like it. Good job, Mark. Well, Call us. We, uh, we end up back over <laughs> with the critics who think that this is just the most moving play like of all time. Never seen such a fantastic one. And uh, they said the most villainous looking hero won over the villain's heart. And it's got Kirishima and Bakugo shaking hands while like Todoroki lovingly looks on. I don't know. This whole thing is just so funny to me. It's just so oh ridiculous. God, they, didn't... they started crying. The guy with the, the, guy with the really nice uh, camera 
Uh, he has stopped taking pictures and is is weeping into a handkerchief. And our like influencer guy, uh, who's probably still recording with his like his little like camera on the selfie stick, is just kind of lazily to the side as he's crying. It's not even pointing towards the stage anymore. So they just saw the most moving like hero play ever, and they've gotten almost no footage of it. Yeah. I like too though that uh, the way that this is so like this is a subtle thing that I don't think that the influencer and the the cameraman would have picked up on. But Kami uh, emphasizes Todoroki's looks, right? Uh, like hyperbolizes or or presents him as as she sees him because she did make a comment about um, him at the beginning of the chapter. With Kirishima, she makes him. Uh, he was the hero in the the first half of the play, and she swaps him to a villain at the end. With Bakugo, all she really does is make him smile. That's literally all that she does. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. She 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 softens his eyes a bit and makes him smile. Because he doesn't say a word, he doesn't do a thing, but smile. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like totally wiped by the end of this. She looks like she's about to pass out. Uh, Which, fair enough. We don't know how long this was going on for. This could have been like a, like a 10, 15, 20 minute production that she was just doing effectively almost entirely by herself with her quirk. And that is an extensive period of time. Yeah winging the script because i'm sure that she didn't memorize everybody else's parts in the process i mean she definitely winged the script because she flipped <laughs> characters and stuff oh yeah well i mean they they ran out of actors so she might like i mean we don't know how long they had to learn this you might have just known your lines maybe a line or two around it right right so it was just like uh we gotta improvise here since i'm doing all of this yeah, and apparently it paid off because uh, like an internet clip of this uh, particular show brings a bunch of folks back and Retroland is saved. And uh, Kirishima, Bakugo, and Todoroki gained a fan base, is what uh, this last little panel says here. And, oh, yeah, the paparazzi yeah, guys. Kirishima's like, creeping in the bushes. hey, are we being watched? <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Uh, and then we get like a finishing uh, smash page again. The, it's not, the art. not Smash page, like the like the more like the little detail thing page. Yeah, like they they were talking about like the like with the faces, like the characters, like they wear their emotions on their their sleeves. Um, they he Horikoshi talks about how it's like I I want to make it very clear what everybody's feeling at any given time. Um, uh, was it like uh Toga turning into a Chaco, but her face is like was was still hers, like it was. Toga's expressions or type of expressions with like, Ochako's uh, features, yeah, Ochako's features and stuff like that, which I thought was an interest, like was an interesting. It's like, oh, that's an interesting design philosophy in a nice little hint. Yeah, um, and then like the the layouts, talking about like the layouts uh, and stuff like that, and then you get the little All Might on the bottom. Like, and the, you like, said drawing. that there was some extra stuff in the physical copy, right? Yes, that's, that's where the get... digital stuff ends. Okay, with the physical thing, we get um we get another kind of like little uh we get an art page from Horikoshi. Um uh with kind of like the the Bishonen version of our characters drawn by him from from chapter uh from mission 9, which is which is funny. We get a little like intro about the second movie. We get another kind of page about like a one-page story that is about Hawks and it's talking about like uh, the Hawks channel gained mil like several million subscribers uh, the day it started. No channel's ever grown that fast. Um, and it's like kind of like, oh, he's like a YouTube channel. And it was like, oh, look, well, let's wa let's watch him stop, like, you know, some of these heroes and stuff like that. And it's just like, 
you just see him like immediately beat a villain, and everybody's like, "Thanks!" Like, "Oh, it was over an instant." And then like, so it's the one A class looking at their like, "Oh, the live stream is starting. Let's check it out." And like, "Wait, it's already over." And it's like, "Thanks for viewing." Like a live stream of him capturing a villain, <laughs> and then like a couple like minutes later, there's a new video, and it's like, "Oh wow, this new video is like." Hawks is like, "Hey, I'm closing down the channel. The cameras." just can't keep up with me uh <laughs> that's great and everybody's like and then it's like and that's the whole video and everybody's like even that was too fast um but then the main thing is they have deku and bakugo rising parts one and two which were the tie-in chapters for the second movie uh and they take place at least yeah they take place um was it uh izuku midoriya uh second year middle school so this would be um i believe he was third year middle school pretty sure um at the beginning of chapter one or the beginning of episode one so this is like so this is yeah like the year before uh that stuff and it, it just starts with like a smoke villain and stuff like that and then bakugo like with his friends there and then Dory's there goes to chase after it you know while he's he's still a kid <laughs> and so you see him going around in school uniform and then that's kind of the first one and then the second one it's it's more of that um he tries to fight the villain blah 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 we get kind of like we see the guy and he's kind of like a i'm i'm very much abridging this he's like a like a sand or a goop ish villain but not like the not like the uh the one from the first oh like the yeah it's like you sandy the, goop the slimy monster guy yeah it's not it's not that guy but he's like this guy's like made of sand or something um and then we get to we actually have a hero that we have seen before airjet we get to see him actually defeat the villain um and stuff like that and then it's like okay cool and you have these kind of like moments between bakugo and midoriya um and and then we just kind of get like our our group our villain group from um the second movie they're just kind of kind of there um as like they're commenting like oh like that that weather uh man or that weather yeah weatherman uh or manipulation quirk it's it's weather than man hyphen ipulation. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. Like such incredible power, and it's like you have the three of the henchmen there, and then just nine just face plants in the building they're in, and they're just like, "What gives?" And he's like, "Oh, my quirk is spiraling out of control. I must find a quirk that can stabilize me, so I could like wield this power because I have a destiny to fulfill." And they're like, "Are you okay? Like, we'll keep looking." Nine, and that's it. And I'm like, "What did that have to do with anything?" <laughs> It doesn't even set up much for the movie. It just shows it, you, it gives you the villain aesthetics. That's yes. basically it. You have Chimera, and then the other three. Yeah, bummer. You have the cool one, who I would actually have liked to see in the main series, and you have the other three, who exist. Yeah, yeah. when we were, before recording, Chimera's we were trying great. to remember what their names were, and I was just like, I don't know, the one of them is the mummy, and the other one is Medusa from Marvel Comics, and that's, <laughs> that's as far as I got. Yep, and then, and then you, ha you have nine, who easy enough name to remember, and then you have the best of all. Yeah, Chimera. who has man? Yeah, yeah. Chimera. His, his fighting scenes were dope yeah. in that movie. They were he so has, good. He, I, I would say, I was gonna say he's the best fighting scenes, but, but no, that final fight against Nine was pretty, pretty awesome. I agree. Uh, his assault on the mountain that the One A was holding down. Yes. No. Like, like his fighting, his fight scenes, except for really like the him versus Midoriya in the woods. That was kind of lame. Um. But like no, Chimera has the awesome fight on the beach, and then he has like 
Like if that was the if this was if that was like here's the movie to end the series, I'd been like, no, Chimera killed all of those kids that he fought. <laughs> Instead, he gets flash frozen from the inside out by Todoroki, man. He he does, but he also like burns like the others. Like everybody, I think Ida is the only one who I was like, I could believe you you lived. Now that I'm thinking about it, he just. Is it Chimera just walking around in handcuffs at the end of that movie too? I think. Uh, I feel like yes. He is. No. Chimera, Chimera survives. Chimera yeah, survives. So he gets thawed uh, out. Only only nine dies. Yeah. Good lord. For some reason, like I've not watched that movie in a long time, but I'm drawing a lot of parallels between Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII and Nine in my head right now. Mm. And I don't think from like a storyline, no. just the way they look. I don't know why I'm remembering him looking like that because I'm pretty sure he doesn't. I don't know why. I don't know why you're remembering <laughs> that. I don't, I, he has I like don't know long why. silver hair. I think That's, I'm thinking of not... like uh, that scene of Sephiroth walking out of the fire and and Nine like going up that hill at the last that last I, battle I, for some reason. I, I but guess. man, it's loose. I don't know why my brain's doing that, guys. I guess we don't either. <laughs> one of them has a terrifying theme song, and the other one doesn't have a theme song. The hero's theme song plays. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that's going to wrap us up for the end of volume two. And for the time being, for all things team up missions. And in addition to all of that, um, our, our, our enjoyable time with, uh, with Mark from Hero Notes. We're going we're gonna to have to say goodbye to him for a little while, but um, he has already agreed uh, kind of off. Uh, off of any kind of recordings that uh, that this is this has been fun and yeah. we're going to find some ways to to bring him and maybe Luke and who knows who else uh, in on some more of these projects in the future. Consider this me agreeing on recording. There you go. <laughs> we got we'll it now. It. You can't get out. <laughs> Just remember when uh, you know you head out to Atkins's way. Stay away from the shed. <laughs> Noted uh, again. Fact checkers. Oh, we're, or, we're or just do, you, do you want me to go to the shed yes, I, to save I need you? Help. I'm hoping by then one of the listeners will have gotten me. We'll see how much they care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we we have agreed uh, on previous episodes that of of the two of us, I would be the villain. So maybe I'm just maybe I'm just living into it. Uh, well, Who this knows? has been a blast. Uh, I hope everyone out there enjoyed the team up missions. You ought to you know get in the Discord or tweet us online. Let us know what you think about them or what you thought about them. Ooh, send us some diss tracks from uh, Minetta to any one oh, of the yeah. 1A girls, and we'll read yes. them on air. That, that would, would be, be hilarious. Yes. Uh, and if you have, uh, you know, our Torkles, is that what we call them, Adkins? It's been a while since we talked about those. Quirkles, we'll we'll get back into them oh. uh, once we with our next episode covering uh, the anime. Let's leave them. We we left them alone for team up missions because we had a lot to cover. You have reminded me of something I wanted to talk to you guys about on the very first time you had me on. That is relevant to this. For your hundred, was it hundredth episode where like Luke and I wrote in? Yeah, yeah. We we gave you a prompt for one, and it was bus seat. Oh God, yeah. Do you? I remember. So that is the quirk <laughs> that Luke has said that he would want that one because it would always tell him where there's a fr- which bus has a free bus seat for him to sit in. <laughs> so built into his quirk is uh, some sort of like bus seat. Oh, oh. He- I see what you're saying. He doesn't become a bus seat. He no, becomes aware of the He just of knows where seat. there's a free he yeah, he just knows where there's gonna be a free bus seat so he doesn't have to stand. Man, did on the we bus. ruined the hell out of that idea. That's <laughs> yes. I've been for weeks, I keep forgetting to bring it up, but it was just like, no, since you brought this up. That was what it was. It was he just wants to know where there's a free bus seat. That That's is awesome. hilarious. Awesome. <sighs> Sorry, Luke. <laughs> 
I think that's going to do us for tonight, guys. Yes. <laughs> we'll, yes. It, we'll end in our shame. <laughs> but we hope everybody enjoyed it, and we'll see you in, what, two weeks, Adkins, for the first two episodes of the next season. Yes, I believe that there will be two weeks without an AMP before we come back because we'll be waiting um, for time enough for two of the episodes of season six to come out so we can get back into our standard format. Luke or uh, Luke, Mark, where can people find you and Hero Notes on the Internet? And also Luke, because <laughs> you gave out his information in the last episode as well. Yes, uh, you can find both of us and the podcast on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at at Chalionx. That's at C-H-A-L-I-O-N-X. You can find Luke on Twitter at, at LJ underscore Hollywood. And you can find our podcast on Twitter at Hero Notes Pod. And you can find us on Twitter at Almighty Pod and peep the pinned link or the pinned tweet rather. And there is a link to our Discord. And we're always hanging in there or hanging out in there and chit chatting about something. So uh, all are welcome to come and voice their opinions uh, so long as they don't involve uh, Hero 2 um shade at all because otherwise <laughs> i will i will boot you i will boot you right out but don't don't for for your own sake don't read the uh the original publication version of that chapter you mean the manga yeah oh i've re- i've read it oh have you read the original that was in shonen jump before they fixed it for the release in Tonkabon? oh no don't don't you you don't want slander don't read that okay thank you for saving me yeah because i somebody would send it Oh yeah. Just avoid it. Just just don't don't do that to me guys. Just give me this one thing. <laughs> and also Adam in the shed. But that'll do <laughs> us uh, for now and we'll see you guys uh, on the next episode. Bye. See ya.